Hi listeners, I'm Evina here. Welcome back to part two of our session with Miss Phoebe Chong Kyumun, Datin Wira Gosvitlan, Miss Larissa Ann Lewis, Miss Sri Vidya Ganapati, and Miss Ashley Fernandez. Thank you so much for joining us today. We will dive straight into the questions. All right, this question will be directed to Miss Phoebe. Uh, throughout your career journey, have you ever faced any gender-based biases? If so, how did you deal with the situation? Um, okay, so I've always been a very outspoken person. So uh, fortunately, I was with two companies who had um, very great, empowering, um, inspiring female leaders and also some of my bosses who were female leaders. So um, fortunately, there wasn't a lot of, you know, I get promoted over other or other men get promoted over me, that kind of gender biasness that I faced uh, yet. But um, there are also times that just simple things such as, I'm pretty sure a lot of us here have already faced this, um, male co-workers who are, um, it's just very absent-mindedly, they ask you, uh, let's say in a meeting room and you're the lady there and they just go, okay, so you're going to take the meeting minutes today, right? Or when it's lunchtime and you're going out with your co-workers and they're like, um, okay, now we just order and then uh, Phoebe can go and pick up the lunch. So out of um, all of this simple things, it's just very simple things, right? And it doesn't take a lot of time or a lot of hassle, yes. But at the same time, there's, a, there's the question of why must the girl or the lady in the office be the one that does these kind of things instead of the men, right? Why, why can't it be one of the guy who goes and pick up the lunch or why can't it be one of the boys who does the meeting minutes? So why must you pinpoint it to the only lady or the lady that is in that meeting room? So um, this is the kind of things that uh, it's going to be a little bit hard to change because um, there are times where we are already in a society which is already conditioned to think like that, right? They are automatically, like I said, they are very absent-mindedly. They don't purposely do it, but in their mind, it's already conditioned like, okay, this is how it's supposed to go. So usually what I just do, um, like I said, I'm very outspoken. So even with my male co-workers, whether they are um, in higher positions than me or not, I will say, hey, I'm not the only person in the room and I have a big presentation today that I need to focus on and I need to present this so why don't you ask someone else to take the meeting minutes instead right and they're like oh okay yeah yeah sorry right so in like you, you need to just keep, uh, keep on reminding them that you know there are other people in the room which can do that as well and it's not just me and I have my own responsibilities as well Thank you so much, Miss uh, Phoebe. Yeah, I think it's true that sometimes you have to just uh, remind people of the other responsibilities that you are carrying. So thank you so much for that. Um, uh, this question will be directed to Miss Ashley. Uh, what would you say is the best thing about being a child protection intern and what is your favorite part of your job? So uh, I just started my internship, so I haven't fully had the experience of what UNICEF has to offer to properly answer this question. However, um, in my short time off working with UNICEF, um, I can definitely say that my favorite part of this job is just being in an organization um, which is goals aligns with one of my main purposes. 
you know, um, UNICEF's very powerful tagline is for every child, right? And this means so much. It just means that every single child, irrespective of their race, religion, financial status, skin color is just seen as a child, you know, and this should be applied to not just children, but people in general, right? And unfortunately to say, you know, because of our corrupted society, um, corrupted world leaders, influential people, and even adults, you know, children, especially girls, are subjected to the disgusting norms and stereotypes of society. You know, children are being denied basic rights like education, clean food and water. Girls as young as 13 years old or less are being sexualized for their bodies that are just made the way that they're supposed to be. You know, and society is stripping away a child's innocence and inner light at such a young age, making them zombies to norms, you know. So, yeah, just being in this organization and having a chance to be part of so many meaningful movements and projects, I think, would be the best thing for me. Um, for example, right now, my team and I, we are working on a couple of things um, the main thing that I'm working on now is advocating to end child marriage in Malaysia. Um, and of course, this is a long call, you know, but we're working on it. Um, this issue is pretty prevalent in Malaysia, but it is also quite hushed. You know, all of us here right now, and I think most of the people that we know, are very blessed, you know, to be privileged enough to lead fairly normal lives. Um, having access to education is a given for us. But there are still young children out there, and again, especially girls, being just married off at such young ages. Um, I think in 2018, uh, they did a survey, and it was seen that nearly 2,000 children uh, were married in Malaysia, with 90% of this number being girls. And out of these 2,000 children, 1,600 of them uh, were Muslim. You know, so why is this still happening? Um, there are many factors, you know, that UNICEF has discovered. And in my opinion, the main one would be our laws. You know, our laws are not um, uh, focused enough in this area. You know, we have our civil laws, Islamic laws, and customary laws, you know, that indirectly still allow for child marriage. There is no standard minimum age for marriage in Malaysia. And... Um, but in you know, 2020 Selangor, now they have made a minimum age for girls and boys as 18, but that's just one place. You know, there's so many other states in Malaysia that need to address this issue. Um, so yeah, I think that the best thing for me right now is that I've been blessed with the chance to be a voice for the voiceless in some way, albeit small, for now. Back to you, Avina. Thank you so much, Ashley, uh, for that. Um, the next question will be directed to all speakers. Um, could you briefly share with us the proudest moment or something that gives you the feeling of accomplishment in your career? Uh, we will start with Miss um, uh, Sweat. Hi. Um, I'm really happy to say that I have proud moments every day because the proud moments come every time we have a success story. Um, whether it's the success, positive transformation of a woman in her personal life or her positive transformation in her entrepreneurial um, business. And um, 
it truly strikes a chord with you on a personal level when you see a woman in our program. Our programs are lengthy. They're about a year and a half in investment in the women. And when they start the program, some of them are so quiet, they're so timid and so shy. But after a year and a half, you watch the transformation. They stand taller, um, they speak louder, they're confident, they can handle media interviews. And it's such a magical transformation and so beautiful to watch. And that truly makes us proud every time. Um, and of course, combined with that is her entrepreneurial success in business. Um, every time she's able to double, triple her income, because what that means is not only is she able to take better care of herself, but she's able to now care for her children as well as her community. Great, thank you. Um, what about uh, you, Miss Phoebe? So, like I mentioned just now, uh, I had the chance to, um, I was very fortunate that my parents is able to put me through school and high school and also university. Uh, when I wanted to do my law degree, uh, there was a little bit of argument from my mom. Uh, she mentioned, um, why do you want so many degrees? Why do you want to keep studying, you know? But at the end, she still put me through um, a university and also I got my law degree. So one of the proudest moments um, that I had was uh, being able to finish my degree at the same time that I was also trying to build a career. Um, it's uh, for a women especially, um, and also because I am the oldest in my family, and my family had uh, a few problems like just last year with uh, COVID and everything. So it was a little bit tough, but I am very proud of um, myself and also my family that we were able to get through that and that I am able to finish my degree at the same time. Thank you, Miss Phoebe. Uh, what about you, Miss Larissa? Um, I guess one of the proudest moments in my career was being involved in a uh, in a case on the enforced disappearance, Amri Chetmat. Um, I think that was a very good uh, moment that I'm very proud of because at the time I was only in my first year, if I'm not mistaken, and I had the opportunity to. Uh, strategize or brainstorm with a group of senior lawyers who were, who are actually mostly men now that I think about it, uh, but but who empowered me and gave me that space to lead. Uh, and I think I totally agree with what uh, Sri has said. You know, I think empowerment is so important for someone to believe in you and give you that space to entrust you to do what you have to do. There is a different kind of confidence that comes out of, the, out of that when someone puts that belief in you. And I think in that case, which is still ongoing because that case was heard in the Human Rights Commission and now we have brought the case to the civil court and I'm spearheading that case again under my firm. Um, it was a very proud moment because I was able to stand up to question some of the biggest names in our country. And this case, we managed to prove the case that he was a victim of enforced disappearance. And that has always been my heart's desire as a lawyer, you know, stepping into this to actually make a change, you know. And that case actually shook our nation and also the international realm. And I must say that I'm very happy with that to be given that opportunity. Yeah, thank you. 
All right, thank you so much for that, Miss Larissa. Miss Shree? Yes, I just want to say I'm so amazed at all of your stories, though. Every, everyone here, your, your, your proudest achievements are amazing. Well done. Um, for me, I've been thinking about this, you know, but then I think, one, you know, training 300 lawyers around the country on child rights, that was an amazing achievement for me because we didn't even go to the Bar Council for the money for that. We got funding to do it. And we did it on our own and we did it on our terms. We didn't charge the lawyers. We charged them 30 ringgit uh, for, for a full uh, two-day training course where you know, we provided them with all, all their meals. And, and the only reason we did that was because um, no, it was a one-day training course. But we did it because we, we felt that they needed to pay something, otherwise they won't come. But for me, right, the most, the thing that I'm proudest of is the Talisman Project. This is something that I, I, I came up with in 2016, where I wanted to train children on child rights. And at that point in time, I was thinking small. I was thinking, you know, it's important, right? Children should also know about their rights. And my daughter was at that time, I think she was 13. So she said, you know what? This is so interesting. How come we don't know about this? I thought, oh, okay. Um, but due to some circumstances, um, we had to do it on our own. So in 2016, Ajit and I paid for the, the camp ourselves. It's, it's, it's free for the kids to come. Um, and we had eight kids and we, we basically blasted it out to people and said, okay, we're doing this, it's free. We're teaching children about child rights and child protection. If you, you're, and we will teach children how to become advocates and uh, how to be child advocates. With the view of this, you know, when, when, when you're a child, right? If you have trouble, if you have problems, the person that you're going to seek help from is not another adult. It's going to be another child. I mean, we all, it wasn't too long ago that you were children. You know that when you were in the biggest problems of your life, you went to your other uh, friends and they helped you with it. So we wanted to create child advocates who would know the law, who would know their rights, who would know some way to, uh, to protect themselves. And at the same time, they would have access to us, to adults who actually can advise. We promised them no judgment, no, um, and, and everything you tell us is confidential. And, um, and amazingly, it worked. So the first year when we did it, I remember, right, we had um, the, the, the last part of the, of the, of the camp is we give the, we gave the kids uh, mahjong paper and we gave them color pencils and crayons and stuff and said, okay, now that you've learned all of these things, right, um, come back to us and tell us what you've learned. It was so hilarious because they had, Three, they had four hours and none of them touched the mahjong paper or the color pencils and we were like oh my god what are they doing they're just playing with their games right with their phone right and then at the end of the four hours they actually came up with videos they came up with two videos which like because you know we are old people we didn't think that children would come up with videos so they came up with videos presenting what they had learned and we were like whoa it was so shocking but we have now done this camp successfully three times it's gotten bigger every single time the last camp that we had, children who had uh, come for previous camps came on board um, as mentors. So they also ran some sessions because we really believe in child participation. We believe in walking the talk. If you want to say that you are in, interested in empowering children, you should empower them if, if, even in teaching what they are learning, right? So we give them platforms. around Along the year, um, if there are anybody who's having like a talk and... and uh, 
we can put a child on board, we will put our children on board and they go in and talk about child rights and, and issues affecting children. So you have children talking about child marriage, you have children talking about bullying in schools, you know, it's amazing. And last year, they came to me and they said, can we do a podcast? Can we do a podcast on child rights where one of us will, will come on every month and we will talk about children and their rights and issues affecting children. And for me, right, I mean, I'm a litigation lawyer, I'm, a, I'm an arts lawyer, I'm, I'm a child rights advocate, I've created Crip Foundation, I've uh, co-created Crip Foundation, I've co-chaired the Child Rights Committee of the Bar Council, but this, this is the thing that I'm so proud of, the Talisman Project, and it's the thing that gives me the most joy. And what I'd like, my dream, I'd like to take that to schools around the country. I'd like every student, every, every kid in school to have that access to that kind of empowerment and that kind of knowledge because it really empowers them. Parents call us up. It's a two-day crack camp. At the end of two days, right, parents call us up and say, what did you do? I have a different child at home today. So confident. And my child came back and cannot stop talking about all of these things. And no, we're not teaching children to fight with their parents. We're not teaching children, go home and tell your father he cannot whack you. That's not what we are teaching them. But it's amazing to see that you can deliver knowledge to someone and then they turn around and they shock you with how they're using it. It's just, I, I can't explain it. It's amazing. Thank you so much, uh, Ms. Shri. I, I agree. I think if, if um, I was... A child like a few years ago and if I was presented with this opportunity I would be extremely happy and interested and like okay yes I, I would love to yeah so thank you so much for, for, for that um, um just to stop you I'm just letting you know that we are also this year what we're doing is we are opening it up to under undergraduates who would like to volunteer with us so that you know you can come on board as a talisman project volunteer because if we are going around the country and we want to do the camps around the country then we will need more more people we would need more people trained on this so yeah we, that well, is something that amazing we're that's amazing thank you so much uh all right uh miss ashley what what what, what are your opinions on, on on this question thanks Avina. um so to answer your question um i would probably say that i am in my proudest moment right now or i wouldn't say moment i'd say period you know because i honestly just realized this you know after um abina you sent me the questions and i was thinking about it and it just hit me you know that right now i am doing everything that my younger self could only dream of doing you know i used to have big dreams but you know at that time i'm like nah i won't i won't reach there you know but now i am heading my own business venture. You know, I am heading a subsidiary company under our current business, also in the education field. Um, I'll be launching, I think, mid this year or end of this year. Um, I am meeting amazing people, you know, building my network. Today, I have met so many, five, one, two, three, four, very inspirational women, you know, today in various industries across the globe, you know, and in Malaysia. I'm working for an international organization that has the power to make a difference in this world. Um, and every single day, I am impacting the lives of children through teaching and sharing my knowledge with them. You know, and all this I'm doing while rushing to finish my assignments before their deadlines, right? Um, so I am very humbled and honored to be given this opportunity to consciously recognize and um, be aligned with my purpose very early on in my life. You know, and I, I uh, love this quote by uh, Gary Zukav, you know, he mentioned in his book, Seat of the Soul, he spoke about authentic power. And he said that authentic empowerment is achieved when your personality 
comes fully to serve the energy of its soul. You know, and today I feel empowered, you know, and I think that every young girl out there should feel the same way too. Um, and another thing that he mentioned in his book was that if you function with love and compassion guided by your wisdom, you know, at your core, you can achieve whatever you want to achieve. So I think um, all this together right now would be my proudest moment. Thank you so much, Ashley, for that. Um, this question will be directed to uh, Ms. Clarissa. What would you change about the, the assumptions made by the public uh, in regards to women? You know, a few years ago, I watched a video which was very interesting. They basically got a bunch of children and adults and they gave a sentence and they must react to the sentence. So the sentence was run like a girl. Okay, so naturally the adults, they ran like a girl thinking like, oh, tipping toe, not giving their best, like being very careful about it, uh, laughing about and when the children got that statement, they just ran as fast as they could because they didn't get that run like a girl and run like a boy. There is a difference there. You know, they are so pure in their mind and that is how they thought of it. And I think many of times how we are in our generation now, we uh, subconsciously or consciously put women uh, a little lower than men. I mean, you can see it across the world in terms of pay, in terms of um, of work culture or uh, opportunities out there. How women are meant to stay at home and take care of the children. Um, how com being compassionate is a weakness or a woman is there to just give you that pretty look or that everything is a-okay in this company you know things like this are things that I would think is important to change in terms of your perception on a woman you know I can relate with Sri when she said about the makeup and like wearing well to court it's so funny that both of us I mean I, I know of Sri uh, and we can have that same experience you know like, I actually second-guessed myself. Should I actually wear, like, lipstick to court, you know? It's a real thing that you think about. Which, why should it be like that? When I wear heels to court, would a male lawyer, uh, would a male lawyer actually comment on another male lawyer's shoe? You know, but when a girl wears heels, they'll be like, oh, are you going clubbing after this? Like, what's the story? And that's a true story. Like, I can really tell you that that really happened to me. Um, so, I, I, the thing I would say that we need to change is how we look on women. Why do we have to look at them in a different light? Why is it if a girl dresses well, it doesn't mean she's also smart? You know, why do we put that connotation together? And we should be able to empower women wherever they are. And I think the first step to that is knowing uh, where women stand why, why are they uh, going through whatever they're going through it's not like they want to fight against men you know it's not about uh, uh, we are better than you it's just about us having equal footing in you know when you look the way you look at a man is the way you look like a, at a woman and I think that is some of the things that needs to be changed how we basically look at a woman literally Physically, emotionally, and spiritually, you know, 
just that needs to change. Yeah, that will be my answer. Thanks. Sure. Thank you so much, Ms. Clarissa. Uh, so ending the session on an empowering note, uh, I will be directing this uh, question to all speakers. What is an important message you would like to share to all women this International Women's Day in relation to its theme this year? Hashtag break the bias. So we'll start with uh, Ms. Shri. I have a few messages, I think. One is, I think, that it's important to look good. You know, it's important to, to, to look good. Being beautiful is not a bad thing, you know? And I think we need to remind ourselves of that, 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 that just because we are pretty doesn't mean that we are less. Just as what, Larissa, you're spot on. You know, that's, that's not beautiful. It does not mean bimbo, you know? And, and that's something that we have to tell ourselves because we, as women, judge other women on the same thing. We, we, although we say, oh, you know, you shouldn't judge me like this. But when you see a girl wearing a short skirt, you have certain brain uh, waves going on in your head. Even though you are a woman, you think you're judging that woman. So you have to make sure that you don't do that. So number one, look good always. Number two, um, the world hasn't changed yet. Right? So when you go to court, especially because, you know, this is BAC, so I presume a lot of you are, law are going to be lawyers or law students. When you go to court or when you go out there into the work environment, right, for your first two years, you're bodo. You're really bodo. You don't know anything. You remember that you don't know anything. So you don't have time to be a woman empowering fighter at that point in time. Right? Your first two years... You just got to learn all that stuff that's out there and you got you to gotta just learn to be the best at whatever job you're performing, right? So you don't have time at that point to fight your, your battles in your miniskirt and your stilettos and say, this is how I'm going to be. Because what you're doing then is you are adding a disadvantage to yourself. You're already struggling because you are bodo, okay? And everybody else also knows you're bodo. But on top of that, you go and you know, you, 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 it's like handicapping yourself, like, you know, like, you know, in, in sports, you handicap yourself, you're handicapping yourself by doing that. So in my advice to young people, when they're starting out, dress professionally, you know, dress like the woman that you want to be in five years time. Dress professionally when you get your salary, right? And this is going to sound so painful. Get your salary every month. Don't go and buy five things from Shane. Take that money and buy one really painfully expensive thing on sale. One thing, like a skirt or a jacket, but it's so expensive, it's so suck it. Go and buy it. Build your wardrobe like this so that you will always look so put together, you know? And number three, the last thing that I would say to you is don't sit there around your table and gossip about how terrible this country is, how terrible things are happening, how bad people are doing things. You know, go out there and you know that you can make a change. If you like, if you see something that you don't like, fix it. Or think about how you're going to fix it. Right? Your MP, if you don't think that you have that kind of skills, right, where you can actually take that kind of initiative, write to your MP or write to your local NGO or write to some, somebody that you know, Google it up. Who can do something about this? And then write to them and say, I'm very upset about this. Is there anything I can do to help? And even if it's saying, even if it's something like sending them 10 bucks, because that's all that you can do, right? Do something about it. And every year, do something more about it. And at the same time, don't stop growing. 
don't stop learning and don't stop you know developing yourself don't think that just because i've got a law degree or i've got a degree in this i'm done you know you're never done you always have to learn you always have to improve yourself that's all thank you so much miss shri um uh, miss phoebe what what about you what do you want to share Okay, um, so like Miss Larissa said just now, um, to call her a queen. So uh, this is what I always tell even my friends, especially um, I have a lot of uh, young friends, young girl friends who are uh, my very close friends. So what I always tell them is work hard, but also play hard. You know, it's um, don't let anybody tell you that you cannot do both at the same time. So um, at, like what Larissa said just now about dressing up, right? It is super, super, it's one of the biggest topics that, and also one of the most commented thing that I have um, ever gotten ever since I got into the working world, you know? Um, one day you're dressing up nicely and then, you know, you just want to feel nice so that, you know, you have extra motivation to work and all. And then people will say, so what, you're going out tonight? Uh, do you have a date tonight? You're going clubbing, is it? And I'm like, why does it have to be I'm going clubbing only then I can dress up, right? I just want to look nice and feel nice. And then on the other hand, when you don't, some days you just feel like, you know, you want to go natural. You want to wear um, jeans with a shirt. And they're like, are you feeling sick today? Are you okay? Are you sick? Do you need to go to the clinic? And um, it's just this kind of things where um, a lot of people will comment on it and don't let these comments get to you. So always remember as women that you can do exactly what you set out to do and don't let anybody tell you that you cannot do that because you have been through the same or even more than a lot of people and you can achieve whatever you set your mind to do it and you need to show them that you can do it and then they'll shut up and sit down, you know? Thank you so much, Ms. Um, Miss um, Sweat, what about you? Hi. Related to the topic of break the bias, my advice is very similar to Larissa and Sri. Um, at the end of the day, I think it all boils down to stereotypes. The stereotypes which are out there, these are things which we learn from a young age and it builds over time. It gets embedded into us. And we have a responsibility to change these stereotypes. Um, when you have kids, make sure that you try not to teach them anything stereotypical open them up to two sides of the story. Um, but more importantly, it's not about creating differences between men and women, but it's about celebrating those differences. We all have our strengths, we all have our weaknesses, but that's a beautiful part about it. Embrace it and celebrate it for what it is. It's critical to create an environment where children do not learn to stereotype from a young age. It's critical to give them an environment where they can make choices in life fairly, where they have the full picture and they can make those assessments independently and responsibility. Because when we don't have those stereotypes, a lot of these biasness which exist today would not exist. This is not something that will change overnight. It's going to take years, decades, and probably centuries as well. But the point is, if we all take action, whether it's to learn more about it, to be more aware about it, 
or whether it's to speak up about it, whether it's writing a letter, whether it's taking part in talks, whether it's becoming a minister at some point, it's absolutely critical that we all take action because we have a responsibility as citizens in this society to create that change and to make sure that our children are a part of it as well so that the next generation can carry this forward as well in a positive way. And finally, one quote, Anita Roddick from The Body Shop says, if you think you are too small to create an impact, imagine having a mosquito in your room at night. Just think about that, it's a huge impact. So thank you very much. Thank you for that, Miss um, Letts. Uh, what about you, Miss uh, Ashley? Um, so, um, Larissa, Shri, and Phoebe, you know, I love what y'all said. You know, I believe that confidence is the best accessory that you can wear and you can translate that confidence through what you literally wear. That's number one. And I actually will be starting with the quote. And my quote goes like this. Um, the hand that rocks the cradle, the procreator, the mother of tomorrow, a woman shapes the destiny of civilization. Such is the tragic irony of fate that a beautiful creation, such as the girl child today, is one of the greatest, gravest concerns facing humanity. You know, I think this quote truly reflects the power of women. So my message to all women and girls is that you need to value yourself. You know, stop dimming your light to fit in with this ridiculous beauty standards or be that girl reels you see on Instagram. You know, stop making that your focus. That is not the definition of attractive. You know, don't try to squeeze into a glass slipper. Instead, shatter the glass ceiling. You use your mind as an armor and your tongue as a sword. Be wise and be bold. Be opinionated and dress well. And always, always voice out. Um, have substance, you know, envelop yourself in knowledge, educate yourself and constantly learn, you know, keep educating yourself. And if you have the chance, educate girls and other women around you who may not have the privilege um, of access to education. Um, and I think that girls need to understand the true power that comes with being a woman. You know, we literally have the power to create life. We function 24-7 while bleeding, you know, and I don't think <laughs> a lot of uh, men could do this, you know. So girls, you all have the potential to empower not just yourselves, but families, communities, and econ economies. So value yourself and just keep striving forward. Thank you so much, uh, Ashley. Uh, what about you, Miss uh, Larissa? What, what uh, would your message be? I totally agree with what everyone has said. I think mine is very simple as well. I think a lot of women out there, we need to realize that you are enough. We are enough. Uh, never ever let anyone make you feel otherwise. You must first be able to see your own worth before anyone else can. And when you are able to see that worth, you will not let anyone else around you um, dictate how you should feel or dictate how you should respond because you set that standard. Surround yourself with people who will build you up. If someone says anything against you as a woman, remember how you respond will be a representation of all women. So be kind in your response, but stand firm. And explain to your male friends to stand with you, you know. 
I think we all need to unlearn a lot of things and be open to hear each other. There's a reason why we have two ears and one mouth. Uh, with that said, I'd like to thank everyone and for this opportunity, especially to BASD, for uh, giving us this platform. I think it's very empowering and it's the start of something great. Thanks. Thank you so much, Ms. Larissa. Um, and on that note, you've reached the end of the session. A heartfelt thank you to all five of our brilliant speakers today, Ms. Phoebe, Ms. Larissa, Ms. Srividya, Ms. Ashley, and Datin Sweat. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your career journey. On behalf of the BAC Career Club team, we would like to thank our speakers for their time today. I'm sure our listeners found this session extremely insightful. Don't forget to follow the BAC Career Club and keep a lookout for the upcoming episodes of the Fifty Shades of Pink podcast. Thank you and have a great day.